Welcome to the Summer at the AGO podcast series, devoted to four great art shows on right now. Surreal Things, Angelica Hurla, Painting as a Weapon, and Remix. In this episode, Toronto musician and composer Ennio Paolo takes us into the Dada art scene of post-World War I Germany, relating the musical compositions of Erwin Schulhoff to visual artist Angelica Hurla. The exhibition Angelica Hurla, The Comet of Cologne Dada, is on now until the end of August. Composer Erwin Schulhoff's early years in Cologne add musical spice to the exhibition Angelica Hurla, Comet of Cologne Dada. Anton Dvorak predicted a great future for piano prodigy Erwin Schulhoff, who arrived as an 18-year-old in Cologne in 1912 to study music. Although Schulhoff was in the field for the Austro-Hungarian Empire during World War I, Cologne was his base until 1919. There, he acquired a network of acquaintances who inspired his compositions and influenced his leftist political leanings. War changed Schulhoff. After demobilization, Schulhoff returned to a Cologne art scene operating under British occupation. Undaunted by the strictures of occupation, the radical organizations in Berlin and Cologne were made up of artists, poets, architects, and musicians, striving to make a new Germany arise phoenix-like from the ashes of the discredited pre-war establishment. The Cologne art scene was humming along in 1919, but many artists, including the Hurlas, Max Ernst, Johannes Theodor Kuhlmann, Otto Freundlich, Willy Fick, and Erwin Schulhoff, to name a few, felt it was not enough. The pre-war arts establishment was retaining and even gaining power, keeping the arts as their private commercial enclave. It was time to break loose. For the artists like Angelica and Heinrich Hurla and Max Ernst, breaking loose meant political cartoons in the Socialist Republic newspaper and work for its leftist arts supplement, Ventilator. It meant the Dada Room, called Section D, a breakaway from the Cologne Arts Institute exhibition arranged for November 1919. It meant breaking curfew to placard Cologne with original art. For Schulhoff, after a visit to Berlin, it meant compositions like the ones excerpted in the AGO exhibition. Clearly, Schulhoff and Angelica were disappointed with the war and revolution. In Symphony Germanica of 1919, Schulhoff provides a jeering rendition of what we today recognize as the German national anthem. Imagine the outrage if O Canada was mocked in this way. In Sonata Erotica of 1919, subtitled For Men Only, Schulhoff musically scores a sexual encounter in the voice of a female. Only a few seconds of this work make the same spoofing point as Angelica in Rider. That, being that women should not be considered sexual objects, that perception was for men only. Schulhoff's 1921 Wolkenpumpe 
shows his data influence from Berlin. The work begins with a loud declamation, similar to the one that starts his 1921 work, Suite for Chamber Orchestra. Grant me unheard of powers. I will eat you all. Into the sausage machine with you. Band of pigs. Vulcan Pumpas incantations show why Schulhoff is considered the most data of composers. During what remained of the Roaring Twenties, Schulhoff toured as a celebrated pianist in Germany, France, and England while continuing to compose. As well as showcasing virtuosity in his classical repertoire, Schulhoff worked as a jazz pianist and improviser in Europe's hot jazz clubs. These good times ended as the decade ended. As Hitler rose, Schulhoff became progressively more radical in his politics. In 1932, he set the Communist Manifesto to music in a cantata for soloists, chorus, and horns. In 1933, he wrote songs for a soloist titled 1917, after the year of the Russian Revolution. As a Jew and a communist, Scholhoff was doubly branded degenerate. Scholhoff fled to Czechoslovakia, where between 1933 and his death he composed his last five symphonies. He dedicated Symphony No. 3 to hunger strikers in Slovakia and Symphony No. 4 to fighters in the Spanish Civil War. Although Schulhoff took Soviet citizenship, he did not emigrate. He was arrested the day after the German invasion of the Soviet Union in June 1941. He died of tuberculosis in the Waldsberg concentration camp in 1942. This brings us to the end of this episode of Summer at the AGO. New podcasts will be posted on www.ago.net all summer long. For more about subscribing to the series, please visit our website.